This is the official podcast of the 122nd Fighter Wing. Views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of the 122nd Fighter Wing, Air National Guard, or United States government. No endorsement of any person or business is ever intended. Welcome to Black Snake Bites, the official podcast of the 122nd Fighter Wing. Our mission is to inform, motivate, and inspire 122nd Fighter Wing airmen, attract new recruits to the U.S. Air Force, and promote engagement with the broader Fort Wayne, Indiana community. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Black Snake Bites. Your host is myself, Lieutenant Rogers, and today we are interviewing a panel of exceptional airmen who work in the maintenance group at the 122nd Fighter Wing. As individuals, they specialize in different areas of aircraft maintenance, but as a team, they have trained to become a cohesive unit working together to repair, fuel, and launch jets in harsh conditions with minimal supplies or support. We're talking about Agile Combat Employment, or ACE a way of projecting combat power that is more flexible and maneuverable than the large-scale, traditional ways of deploying forces in the past. But before we get into it, let's introduce our panel members. Why don't you tell me who you are, what your job or AFSC is, and which team you're on? Yeah, good morning. My name is Giovanni Placencia, uh, Mass Sergeant. I am an aircraft mechanic, better known as uh, APG. Hi, I am Tech Sergeant Jack Ladd. I am a 2W1. I am a weapons loader. Here at the 122nd. Hey, uh, I'm Austin Trotter, tech sergeant, um, electrical environmental system specialist, or better known as ENI. Awesome. I'm on Bravo team. Okay, thanks guys. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, so like I said, we're talking about agile combat employment and you are also multi-capable airmen. So we're going to talk about what those terms mean. And I'm going to read you the boring Air Force definition and then I want you to tell me what that actually means in terms of what you do so for ACE, the definition, as I found on uh, Air Force Doctrine AF.mil, ACE is defined as a proactive and reactive operational scheme of maneuver executed within threat timelines to increase survivability while generating combat power. So a lot of words, right? But what does that mean exactly in terms of what you do? I think what that means to all of us here is doing more with less. Uh, we... You know, 2023, Commander's Intent from Colonel Wagner for the fight and innovation. He talks about being light, lean, and agile. And we're going to be fighting a new enemy. You know, we need to change the way we do things. And this ACE is the way we're going to move forward. Um, we're going to be in different locations. And we're going to have to do more with less. Do you want to yeah, add on to that? I think uh, Technical Sergeant Glad hit the nail right in the head. Like he said, uh, there's a new war, new war, and it's not going to be the conventional that we've done before. So, yeah, I think you hit it spot on. Yeah, I would say the same. Uh, hit it spot on. Doing more with less, bringing a lot more uh, skill sets to a smaller team to be able to do what we normally do with a smaller footprint. Yeah, and can you talk more about what that looks like as far as um, operating in a small team compared to working out of a large base that you come back to every day? There's a, I would say working out of a smaller area than a large, bigger base, we don't have as many resources or we have a, not as many tools or uh, we're just limited on, on everything. So it, that's the biggest challenge for us. Challenging is definitely the key word there, especially for the leadership side. So when we deploy, 
I mean, normally a TDY is 100, 120 maintainers, right? We're taking 20, right? We're doing the same thing and we're doing it faster. But the things that everybody's forget is where are you sleeping? How are you eating? You know, all those little things. And those are the struggles that myself and Geo have ran into when we've deployed to, there's no more red tape. There's no more commanders. We got to figure that out. Make our troops can, are they, like I said, do they have a place to sleep and can they eat? You know, do we have vehicles? All the little stuff I've never really thought about before. That's the challenging part. Yeah, absolutely. So no chow hall that's going to make your food for you. And no. you got to figure out where you're sleeping, make your bed and all that stuff. Yeah, that does sound challenging. So then getting into the definition of the multi-capable airmen, essentially what the Air Force doctrine gives as a definition is airmen trained in expeditionary skills and capable of accomplishing tasks outside of their core Air Force specialty. I think you kind of just gave a, a definition of what that looks like because you're taking care of all the responsibilities that normally somebody else would have done. But can you talk a little bit more about what it means to be a multi-capable airman in your own words? Yeah, for me, um, so I'm generally, uh, I'm a electrical environmental system specialist, which is a backshop job. Uh, we, we're not really on the fly line like these guys are, uh, loading weapons or crew in a jet. Um, so for me, I had to cross train into uh, crew chief or APG, they're known as, and I had to learn how to launch recovery aircraft, do inspections, and then just recently I learned how to like load rockets and chaff and flare, and that's way out of my skill set. Uh, but it was very interesting to learn, and it was super exciting. I really enjoy it. Um, so for me, that is, that is MTA. And my role on the ACE team is an ATS, and that's an aircraft turnaround supervisor. So I got the privilege to learn a lot of APG skill sets on how they refuel while the aircraft's running, how they check flaps, a bunch of different things that you know, I've never seen before, but myself, my position requires me to communicate with the pilot as the aircraft running, as it's getting refueled, as it's getting reloaded, three different, four different shops all on one jet, trying to get that jet back in the air to be a lethal aircraft that it is. I had to learn refueling and APG and then do weapons load at the same time. So that was a fun task. <laughs> Did you feel pretty overwhelmed the first time you tried to do all that? Yeah, the first time was rough because they rewrote our tech data and it wasn't just weapons load anymore. Now I'm reading through steps like check flaps here, talk to pilot, make sure these switches are off. I'm like, hmm, what switch is that? <laughs> so it was fun to dive in and learn a new skill set. Yeah, and so in my role, I'm an aircraft mechanic. Now I am also loading weapons, rockets, uh, something we've never done before since we're so specialized in our AFSC, pretty much our, our jobs. And now we're cross-trained to do weapons jobs when we do an ICT or integrated combat turn. Pretty much our loading an aircraft while it's running versus it being shut down. And we're doing all this simultaneously instead of shutting the aircraft down and just pretty much doing it faster, so a faster turnaround time. Gotcha. And since you are in this position where you're having to learn all these skills in a fast-paced environment, could you kind of relate this concept of a multi-capable airman to what something that people in the civilian sector might understand? Like, what, how do those skills translate maybe into the civilian world? Well, uh, this is actually uh, AMP. So an AMP licensed mechanic, airframe and power plant. Uh, they're doing this job as in, let's say, like they work at Delta. Maybe so, not loading munitions, though. Correct. So they're working <laughs> on, a, on a commercial airplane, maybe loading seeds or fixing seeds. But they're doing, let's say they have an issue with a screw. So 
in our career field, we would call a sheet metal specialist, uh, someone that's more specialized on taking a screw out with uh, different tools that we don't have. So in that civilian world, one person is doing all those jobs versus calling each shop individually out to fix one job. Perfect. Now I want to talk about like why is this program necessary in the bigger scheme of things? So I wanted to read this quote by Mark Gunzinger, the director of government programs and wargaming, and he said, the best place to kill an enemy's air force is on the ground. So can you explain what that quote means in terms of ACE and MCA? I think the last words there, on the ground. So being in one place for an extended period of time gives the enemy to know where you're at, to focus their threat or their how they're going to beat us where we're at versus uh, we're going to be sitting ducks. Uh, we're going to be jumping around now instead of being at one place and one location. Yeah, and that's how the Air Force is operated. You know, in my, in my career, the last 16 years, we know where we're going. You know, there's one flight line. You might have four airframes there. But we're there for three to six months, and then we're done. So they know exactly where to hit. They know where to put those mortars. What we're trying to do, I think, um, especially with General Brown's uh, doctrine, the Accelerate, Change, or Lose, and we're trying to ju- do just that, you know, encourage innovation on how we're going to fight the new enemy. Right? we got to change. we got to be quicker, faster. That, that is what this is, and we are proving that we can do it. Yeah, we got to be more lethal. Right now, the 122nd Fighter Wing currently has two AGR or full-time teams, and then they have one, we have one traditional team. Can you talk me through how a team operates and how each member of the team contributes? Yeah, so we have uh, Awful Bravo and Charlie teams. All three teams are uh, compiled with uh, APGs or uh, aircraft, uh, airframe, power plant in general, avionics, electric environmental, engine shop, non-destructive inspection shop, and uh, repair and reclamation shop. And we have uh, one member from each shop in our group, and we'll go out, and if there's an issue with uh, electrical environmental, Sergeant Trotter will come out and fix the problem. At the same time, he'll, he'll be doing crew chief, aircraft mechanic stuff, to play both, uh, both roles at the same time uh, being deployed at a certain location. And how many people are typically on a team? Well, we have uh, roughly 14 right now. With ammo With and a- weapons, we're in the 20s. But again, we have to remember, we're normally sending 120 people, mm-hmm. and we're down to 20. You know, it's incredible... Like, if we do have that E&E problem or we do have a problem with a jammer, we already have a specialist there, right? His primary role on the ACE team is to load jets and turn it and get it back in the air. But when something breaks, always does, right? Now we have our specialist there. We know we're not taking down a piece of equipment or an airframe. He's going to fix it, and we're back in business. Sure, and I would like to hit on the if there is a problem on the spot, like we would having a specialist there like myself or NDR engine shop, we're able to efficiently fix the aircraft faster than having to call somebody out, taking all that time up, uh, we get the, air, the aircraft back in the air to complete its mission or get back home. Yeah, I think you mentioned, was it seven or eight different AFSCs or job titles that you're bringing out there, is that right? Correct. So with all these different specialized jobs, how are you able to learn all these different skills in this? You probably have limited training time, so how are you doing pulling this off? Major Hoop and Gardner told us we need to do more with less and we have done it. 
Um, and again, going back to the commander's intent here for 2023 is readiness. All right, and so we're to ensure black snakes are adequately trained, properly equipped, medically ready. And what we have done as full timers is just restructured and done time management. You know what? You're good at your job. Maybe you don't have to do it every day. So we're going to bring you in one out of your four days of your full time. You're going to come work over here and train. So we've just reallocated time management. And it's worked out. We've even brought traditionals. Instead of doing a Saturday-Sunday drill, we can do a Friday-Saturday drill. And that way we get them with the full-timers and the ACE teams that already know what they're doing. They can muscle memory and see from them how they're actually loading, how they're turning jets. And that's how we're kind of getting that training done. So how does somebody get on the team? Are they Do they volunteer or are they voluntold? I was asked to be uh, on the team and I, I volunteered. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity. A couple of the members were also asked. Uh, I'm not sure if they vol- were volunteered or voluntold. <laughs> but, Maybe a uh, little of both. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, at least on my team, I feel everybody was is, is glad to be on it. Uh, I know in my shop as a crew chief, had uh, traditional members asking me how they can get on the team. And right now we're starting, I mean, we have been doing this for, I'd say, two years roughly, mm-hmm. but we having people that are interested in doing it. So Yeah. Uh, can you talk me through what it is exactly that you're training to do when you go out as a team and talk me through it as if I'm like fresh off the street, I don't know what's going on at all? So our goal as an ACE team is to keep the aircraft running. Okay, it lands, comes into a certain spot, parks somewhere on the taxiway, wherever we need to be, and our team's already set up, ready to go. So we have a fuel truck there, we have weapons there, and we're all ready to attack. That aircraft pulls in, and we are training on getting that aircraft refueled and making sure it's got all new weapons to get right back in the air. And we're getting good at it, We, uh, depending on the loadout. And so what we're doing with the training is we're trying to do some injects, right? And like, okay, well, the wind's blowing from this way, and you have rockets to load. Uh, oh, no, your fuel truck's gone. What are you going to do? And so we're trying to simulate real-world breakdowns and scenarios that might happen while we're trying to train. Yeah, I think that's a great example because, you know, you do have limited time and resources. So just simulating some things that might happen in the real world, I think that's a great way to train when you have those limited resources and time. I think that's a really good segue to talk about how deployments are changing in the future. We kind of already touched on this, but can you explain how deployments will look differently in the future? Uh for myself, uh, I've noticed that the equipment is going to be different. Say we're going to take eight, 12 airframes downrange, wherever we're going to go. We're also going to, and we have to take a certain amount of equipment for that. We're also going to segregate a couple other pieces of equipment just for ACE. Just to know like, okay, we have something popping off. We need to get to this island. We need to get somewhere. We already have everything packed. The personnel already know to go. So we're ready to ship to this next area, forward deploy. Um, in the past, it's a scramble. Been multiple times, especially uh, last couple deployments I've been on to Afghanistan. An aircraft can't make it back to base; it's got to land somewhere else. Well, that place isn't safe. All right, so the first thing we have to do is get leadership together and figure out what are we going to do, how are we going to do it. We already have a team now; we're ready to go. Aircraft can't make it back. We know who we're sending. We already have the equipment, so we're just again being better prepared. I'd like to hit on that too. Uh, and Glad said earlier, without the leadership, it's just our team there, and we're actually loading our own um, C-130 or C-17 or whatever it is at that time. So though, you know, we can move a lot faster. Whereas like bigger deployments, relying on TMO or RAT teams to uh, load and load everything for us to get out of the area. 
Yeah, and, and do you mind explaining those acronyms, the oh, TMO? Yes. and yeah. um, TMO is just... They kind of manage all the travel yeah. stuff. and the They manage all the travel and uh, packing and loading. Yeah. Um, so you're doing all that job. All, you're yeah. not only just doing other people's maintenance jobs, but you're doing a lot of other jobs that, yeah. uh, like supporting yeah, agencies. Exactly. So we're not yeah. only learning crew chiefing, weapons loading. We're also learning forklift driving. We're loading aircraft, like equipment, ISUs, and all those things as well. So we're like self-efficient in our own teams on getting to and from places. Sure. Yeah. And since you are working with lots of people who have different occupational backgrounds, can you talk about how you integrate those different backgrounds into one team and kind of become a cohesive unit, even though you're coming from different shops? Like what are some ways that you sort of overcome any cultural differences? I think we already have that experience being in the guard. Uh, We get, and we've trained with, you know, weekend warriors, if I will, you know, accountants, uh, people that fix AC, mechanics, uh, every walk of life comes together and we already have to do our mission. So when we came together and built this new team, I think we were already, you know, programmed into knowing our diversity and being accepting of everyone's walk of life. I'm like, ah, well, I don't like ammo so much, but we're on the same team and they did a great job. So it wasn't that, wasn't too hard to learn. Yeah, I think uh, also being in the military and having respect amongst each other also helps being a, of a, a good team and knowing, hey, we need to at least have some kind of respect amongst us. And everybody brings, uh, uh, Sergeant Glad said, extra knowledge on this real world, uh, like AC. So maybe in the future we might need someone that knows how to work on AC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Depending on where we deploy. <laughs> Definitely. So has this learning process challenged you professionally? And if so, how? It has challenged me professionally in the fact that I've had to get out of the weapon shop and see the big picture. Uh, Working with all these different shops and, like I had mentioned before, having to figure out how we're going to get lodging for everyone, how we're going to get meals. It's just challenging me now as a tech sergeant for hopefully a position I'll have in the future and know that big picture. Yeah, and you have already kind of touched on General Brown and Colonel Wagner's intent. So has this helped you, and I'll open this up to anybody, has this helped you to kind of understand the bigger goal? Uh, Yeah, being an MCA uh, is super exciting. I love coming to work every day, and I look forward to ACE training whenever I can. Uh, It's different. I really pushes myself uh, to get out of my comfort zone, um, learn new things, and seeing the how ace actually works is i'm excited to see it see it work in in real life i think it's important for us ace to be what we'd call like an early adapter right we can't be the ones that sit back and be like all right let's wait for two years and all right maybe we can jump on board for this whole mca ace program us at the 122nd fighter wing we are we always hear at the tip of the spear we are jumping in head first and we are definitely on these general browns accelerate change or lose and meeting all of the commander's intents from colonel wagner uh, especially in the the mxs amxs department here correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you have trained at ready ne- readiness exercises is that correct yeah in we've done it in uh, michigan and that was just uh the ace mca team practicing the hub and spoke concept. Oh, okay. So that's what we were doing differently there. Can you explain that hub and spoke concept a little bit more? Yeah, it is pretty much like the old way we were we were deploying, we would go to Afghanistan per se, and that's where the whole base was at. Well, now that was our hub. Now our spoke would be our forward deployment area where we would be um, probably 72 hours and then move around 
instead of staying at one place. Yeah, and the, the way it worked was for that spoke, we already had our equipment and personnel there, and the hub was sending us the aircraft, all right? And we were getting the intel on what's the mission, what needs to be loaded the day of to really challenge us. And we kind of feel like that might be the way we're moving forward because we don't know what the pilots might need. They might get a mission, you know, and and all of a sudden they need to go do ground support somewhere. Well, they need to come to us to get the munitions, right? So they're going to call forward and they're going to ask the ACE team, hey, we need this munitions. They're going to land in an hour. We need them back in the air. And so we just had to be constantly prepared and ready the whole time. And I think that's going to be the future and how we're going to win. And then they're going to pack us up, move us to a new location. That way, whoever our next enemy is going to be isn't going to target that area. We're only going to be there, hopefully, 24, 72 hours and new location. Yeah. So when you were practicing this at a simulated deployed environment, did you have any sort of support from the hub logistically? or? Nope. Uh, we just communicated each day on, hey, this is what we put on the aircraft. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so you were sort of just thrown right into the fire, right? Once you started doing these exercises? Yeah, we, we were we prepared to deploy. So we took our equipment, uh, bare minimal equipment, and we were stationed there, like Sergeant Glad said, uh, ready to receive any aircraft that came in uh, to that location. And I think this is just such a really unique job in the military. Um, you are all kind of on the front lines of what it means to define what an MCA team looks like, because I know it's still an evolving concept. Um, so maybe one day you'll be teaching teams from other units. Is there one, uh, I'll, I'll have you guys go around the table here. What is the most important thing about ACE and MCA that you'd like to communicate to the rest of the base and our civilian community? Just something that, a big takeaway that you'd like everybody to come away from this with. I, I would say ACE, MCA is a new way forward. Um, things are changing just like everything even our, our cell phones are constantly changing. <laughs> and we don't have to hit three to get a certain letter. Uh, now we have, uh, you know, very modern phones. So we need to change with the times. We're doing this by ACE, MCA. And just to be flexible, to try to learn as much as possible uh, with this new way forward. Yeah, I would say it is possible to do more with less. We're, we're seeing it and we're proving that we can do it. I would say for anyone else that is curious about this, reach out to your leadership and see how to get on the teams. See how it is to cross train. It's fun. It's cool to get out there and learn something else about this aircraft. Be able to do more than one just one thing, especially as a guardsman. You can really take this and learn if, if you're a weapons troop or if you're an E&E troop. You can take what you learn from the crew chiefs. And if you want to take it to the civilian side, you can um, when I get out, I really can't load flare and rockets on a 747 <laughs> Allegiant flight, but I am learning a lot, you know, from Sergeant Placencia about the APG side. So it's a really cool takeaway for me. And uh, can other AFSCs other than maintenance, is there plans to involve others at some point, or is it very much a maintenance-specific um, job at this point? Uh, currently right now, I feel... Uh, we're focusing right now on maintenance, especially with converting with the F-16. We still need to, you know, become three levels, five levels. Um, further down the line, I feel we might have to bring medical. Uh, we might have to bring security forces. I'm I, not sure. If I had a chance, I think we'd bring services, um, you know, have sloppy joes and chips <laughs> you know, if we could. You don't want MREs? <laughs> no, I'm, no, no MREs. Definitely services. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, so the big things are just being flexible. For us, it's just uh, not being scared to get out of your comfort zone, learning new things, uh, just making it happen. I mean, I feel like that's what we do. We're really good at it. Like you said, we, we're hitting these times. We're proving that we can do more with less. It's really awesome. So, Should we make that our slogan? We just make it happen? Make it happen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get some T-shirts. <laughs> bumper stickers. Oh, bumper stickers. Make it happen. Nice. Well, thanks for joining us on Black Snake Bites today. I really enjoyed learning more about the ACE program, and I'm sure that our listeners did too. And uh, we'll see you next time.